Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. gentlemen welcome into another episode of two peas on a podcast so glad that you have joined us yet again this is gerald here with you and the other pea on the pod this evening i'm very glad to have him he is a returning guest he's been on a few times before i love his energy i love his show and i love when he comes back on the peas but say what's up to imran from jock and nerd he's back on the peas imran what's up brother how are you what's up gerald i'm a pea this gives me a warm and tingly feeling to be like an official co-pea finally just when you thought there was nothing in 20 20 to look forward to. You're, you're a pee, man. I didn't think this year could get any crazier, but here we are. No, thanks for having me. And, you know, I love doing these music shows because I on my podcast, I never get a chance to talk about music. I love music, and I'm always dying to have a good discussion about it. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks for being here. And I'm obviously thrilled that you're back on the show. You know, we were talking a little bit before we started in the pre-roll that you tend to come back on the show when it is music-related. Um, well, you did Halloween songs with me a couple years ago and then you did 90s hip-hop with me i know you're a big hip-hop fan yes that was great fun so without giving away any titles why don't you just tell everyone real quick what is the top five tonight what's the countdown we're doing tonight we are doing top five best song collaborations is how you just it's kind of the basic pitch but then mm-hmm. once you start thinking about that i'm like our duets the duets yeah, count sure, yeah. is a feature count so anytime when there's i guess two artists on the same track uh that was uh that counted and there's a lot more of great collaborations and duets that you would imagine. I thought this was going to be easy. Every time I come on, I'm like, oh, this is no problem. And then I'm like, shit, <laughs> well, it's really hard. You know, there's I do this obviously every week. So, I mean, we're going on like 150 countdowns I've done. Wow. But, I mean, for some reason, this particular one, we're doing music collaborations tonight. This particular one, like, I'm kind of bummed that I can't, like, mention all of the ones that I've thought of because I want to yeah. kind of expose people to them. Yeah. Some of them might be lesser known. So, without giving any titles Way. I mean, when you were coming up with this list, I know you're a hip hop guy. I mean, where where did you find yourself kind of going in your research? So there was a but you know, there's a bunch of things that popped into mind right away. And when I got my list done, you know, some of it's gonna tie back into 90s hip hop because sure. that's my jam and that's like my life. But uh, it turned out being a lot of nostalgia picks and all my like remember when you were a kid and the old all the old dudes were like, Man, music today sucks. It wasn't like <laughs> and you're like, What are you talking about? And then you grow up and you start I'm like, Oh, I get it. Yeah. Oh, I, so I feel like I kind of hit that point because none of my picks are from the last 20 years. Let's just get that out there wow. right now. Yeah. So this is a problem. So this is like, it's a very nostalgic uh, t- list of favorites for me. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Same here, man. Same here. I do have some hip hop representation on my list too, but I think I'm going to surprise people just a little bit because yeah. 
I kind of went against the grain a little bit. I guess we should say, in case there's any first-time listeners tonight, Imran, that these are our personal list. You yeah. you did that too. I mean, th- these yeah. aren't you know the best that you'll find if you Google it and like whatever. There might be some of those in there. Correct. But these are just our five favorites. So that's the way yeah. I went. And with that Same. being with that being said, there's one kind of noticeable absence from my top five that may or may not be on your top five. But I'll talk a little bit about why I went in another direction when it comes up on on my list so i tried to do the same thing i tried to get like some of the big heavy hitters but then some you know obscure things to get people turn people hopefully turn people on right. things and then some of it is just like i love this song when i was a kid i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no i get it man i get it so emron's here he's from jock and nerd he's been on i want to say twice before emron does that sound right uh three times three remember times. we did the mcu movies too I oh movie yeah movie. we did do that yeah. so this is your fourth appearance yeah four timer well thanks so much for being back man so i tell you what i'm gonna let you get us started we're doing our top five song or music collaborations this evening you didn't stick to just duets did you uh no okay. i mean what's a, what a collaboration and a duet is like it's what is it the same what's I, yeah the it's the same i mean question? a duet is a collaboration so hopefully you were okay with i i kind of went yeah my, my thing was is it two prominent artists yes collaborating on a song that yes obviously yeah. would not have uh, otherwise existed without the two artists collaborating okay i think most of mine are collaborations and maybe not duets i don't know but it's up for debate because i was like <laughs> what's the difference but no i understand yes it's it's the combining of forces of like two big people kind of thing. yeah and i guess you know if we wanted to be a little more specific we could have done just top five duets Right. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do collaborations. Yeah. There are yes. a couple duets that I'm going to mention this evening, but, yeah. you know, I feel like that's a collaboration too. So it is. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's my show, man. I don't know. <laughs> Duet. Exactly. That's what I love. It doesn't matter. Whatever you think. <laughs> All right, man. I'm going to let you get a started, brother. What's your number five collaboration? Okay. Five, four, three, Two, one, and here we go. Number five is kind of an old 80s pop rock dance uh, tune from a guy a lot of people don't like, but I love this guy. It is the song Easy Lover mm-hmm. uh, by Phil Collins and Philip Bailey Nice of Earth, Wind, and Fire from 1984. It was on uh, Philip Bailey's uh, solo album called The Chinese Wall. And man, just like Philip Bailey's falsetto and then... Uh, Phil Collins' voice cutting through that and it's just got a great beat and it like it reminds me of a simpler fun time being a kid in the 80s. Are you familiar with Easy Love? I am, but for some reason uh, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a playlist by the way whenever I do the music oh, episodes. I do yeah. a Spotify playlist with all the songs that get mentioned.
I'm really excited when my guest brings, you know, music that I hadn't thought of, and I didn't think about it for this one because for some reason that's a Phil Collins song to me. But you're right. Oh, okay. But you're right. Yeah, it is a collaboration. Cool. But I'm saying in my mind, I always think of yes. this Phil Collins song. And it, you know, it's on Bailey's album, right? And which is I, crazy. Right, and I, I didn't expect that. But Phil Collins was—I mean, he's—he's—I've always loved the Phil Collins through all his incarnations and and through Genesis. But I found this fun fact: Easy Lover in 1985 was used as the theme song for the very first WrestleMania event. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know how that relates. To, I don't know what Vince McMahon was thinking back when Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem like those two go together, does it? Easy Lover, the professional wrestling. The best the best wrestling pop song collaborations. I don't know. That yeah. doesn't sound like that would be on that list, but okay. All right, so Easy Lover. Yeah. Starting you off at number five. I'm going to be in the 80s too, man, to start off at All number right. five. Now, here's a weird thing, Emron is that I'm not what you would call a country music fan. I don't okay. I don't really like country music. What about you right. before I go on? I mean, I appreciate old classic Johnny Cash, you yeah, know, sure. old Willie Nelson, Hank Williams Sr. Same here. Uh, that kind of, uh, you know, Western swing, hillbilly music. I love that. Same here. So kind of like the outlaw uh, country yeah, music. Yeah, outlaw country is great. Yeah, me, like me too. Stuff, me too. Like well, with that being said, I've got two country songs in my Ooh. in my top five. Wow. And I'm not okay. really a country fan, but <laughs> these just are like earworms that get stuck in your head, man. And the first one goes all the way back to 1983. And it's a gentleman that we just lost last year. And then one of just the queens of just the iconic queens of music, period, but definitely of country music. It comes from Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. And the song is Islands in the Stream. Oh, that's a great song. Yes. <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> yes. Baby, when I met you, I set out to get you with a fine tooth comb I was soft inside There was something going on You do something to me that I can't explain Hold me closer and I feel no Such a good tune, man, and it's so fun, and you've got these two pillars of the country music, uh, his, history of country music right here, singing together. This came out in August of 1983. It was written by the Bee Gees. Which, oh, wow. I can see that. That makes sense. Yeah, which I didn't know until I was making my list tonight, actually. I was like, holy shit. Uh, but anyway, Kenny Rogers, who just recently passed away, and then Dolly Parton. I mean, I, I just love her, man. She's, you know, Jolene is one of my favorite songs of all time, and she just has a staying power. 
power where, I mean, she's literally transcended genres and like everybody knows who she is. I mean, regardless of what kind of music you're into necessarily, you know who Dolly Parton is. Well, I mean, in the 80s, 9 to 5 really broke her out. Sure. That was it. Everyone knew. And, and that was an important movie for like women in the workplace. But yeah, the Bee Gees, like, this t- song had breezy melodies. Mm-hmm. It has kind of a tropical feel. Like <laughs> yeah. you feel the wind blowing through your hair listening to the song. And it's a great street. Isn't it? It's a great 80s vibe. Yeah, man. It's, a, it's like I'm out on the beach. It's like a really fun love yeah. song. You know what I mean? It could have been cheesy and it could have been dialed down to be like a you know romantic tune, but they kind of pepped it up a little bit. And you have these two just iconic voices sharing the vocals together. Not It's not that one of them takes over the song. They just work really well together. And you get that male and female collaboration and it just works beautifully. Anytime this song comes on, I'm never, I'm never skipping it. I love this song. That's legit. That's a legit collaboration. It makes you smile. Yeah. So Islands in the Stream from 83, Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers. That's my number five. Might surprise some people, but I feel like that's a classic, man. Absolutely. And uh, hey, not the last time I'm going to talk about a country music All right. star tonight, which is kind of weird. What do, what do you got for your four, man? All right. Number four is going back to my hip hop roots, to my absolute favorite, like not only my favorite hip hop group, but just favorite musical group of all time, De La Soul, mm. uh, off Three Feet High and Rising, the song Buddy that featured Jungle Brothers, Q-Tip, and Fife from A Tribe Called Quest. There was multiple remixes that then they added Queen Latifah. They added Modi Love. Uh, and it's just a, you know, you watch the video, you listen to the song, and it sounds like just the, it's the Native Tongue Tribe family. It's the soul, trooping in with the jungle patrol. And this one's about the chaos. The knockouts out there who I call my Hold buddy. Hold just wait. We're going to talk about buddy on this plate. But before we let the herd out the gate, make sure all the levels are straight out. The jungle, the jungle, the brothers, the brothers. Daylight so on a road. Black medallion, no gold, hanging out with bars, hanging out with mates. Buddy, 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 y'all in my face. Sounds like they're just hanging out, having a good time. And it's so clever how the song is kind of about, like, you know, getting a girl and sex and, and a lot of sexual innuendo, but everything is coded in this wonderful uh, language they made up that you had to, like, figure out. And, and it sounds so uh, uh, just not as sleazy as, like, hip hop would that does today talking about mm-hmm. sex and getting with girls but it's just like a fun a fun hangout song and everyone's uh everyone's killing it on on it and the, the just the, the buddy and the the references and the you know jimmy hats mm-hmm. and jenny's and all that i've always loved it and the remix is great too but i like the original that's on three feet high there's another one that i haven't heard in so long but i know the tune and uh, i know that you're a fan of that kind of like new school hip-hop vibe that, that kind of resurgence best. of that type of stuff where it wasn't you know gangster rap and it wasn't pop it was kind of somewhere in the middle and yeah, they're not barely even swearing there's no swearing but they're having a good time and it's just so good and the samples prince paul uses on this album it's one of the reasons you can't find any of early de La's albums on spotify because they cannot clear right. the shitload of samples they have but it's so rich and, and he just used samples that you'd never hear being used in in hip-hop songs that's awesome man that's awesome de La soul getting some love tonight that's your number four yeah 
So guess what, man? I'm going to do hip-hop for you. How about that? Oh, right on. All right. So now it may be coming up on your list, so I don't want to spoil any titles, but there is a obvious rock rap collaboration um, yeah. that was groundbreaking. However, yes. I decided to list my personal favorite that would be kind of the merge or the marriage of, of, of just kind of like thrasher rock, like yeah. really hardcore rock yeah. and hip-hop. And it came in 1991 when Anthrax did a version of Bring the Noise Featuring Public Enemy, Chuck D of Public Enemy. Absolutely, it was on my honorable mentions list because the thing is, if it wasn't for that song you mentioned, I don't know if you ever get this song in 1991. But yeah, Anthrax and Public Enemy doing uh, Public Enemy's Bring the Noise. I love this. I love this. I love the song, but I love the story behind it, man. Um, I recently researched it for another list I did uh, on over on our Patreon, and I was learning some facts about it. And Anthrax was this really kind of heavy hardcore band in the late 80s, early 90s that were heavily influenced by hip hop and Public Enemy was one of their favorite groups at the time because they were pretty popular and uh, the singer Joey for Anthrax would perform a version of Bring the Noise like cover it at his concerts Oh wow! and he would wear a Public Enemy t-shirt nice. to many of their shows and I guess yeah. word got to Chuck D and Flavor Flav so they went to an Anthrax show oh, wow. <laughs> like awesome. just like a, in the crowd or whatever to kind of witness this and then they saw it they liked it they ended up you know going backstage and uh, Joey and the guys from Anthrax were like flabbergasted, you know, and uh, that kind of met, and, th- and they didn't know they were watching them do Bring the Noise at the show that night, and that's how it kind of was born from that. It was like, hey, why don't we, you know, record this together? And infamously, Chuck D raps over those really hard kind of thrasher beats. Yeah. Uh, but Bring the Mo- Bring the Noise is such a great song that came out. I want to say in '88. I remember it was on the Less Than Zero movie soundtrack. Yeah, it was on. Well, was... I forget which Public Enemy album. Can you imagine Flavor Flav at an Anthrax concert? That's just a great <laughs> image. But I love that story because of these collaborations. You always wonder who came up to who initially. Right. right. How did this happen? Right. And so right. that's great finding out. Yeah, I love it, man. And. Um, you're right. The one you mentioned uh, and one I'm kind of alluding to, if that yeah. was not around, then where would we be today? Yeah. Uh, but if I could pick which one of those to play right now and jam out to, it would be Bring the Noise. So, sure. Okay. You know, sorry. It's a personal yeah. list. Yeah. Uh, but that's my number four, man. And we're moving right along for you. What's your three, buddy? Number three is going to... I'm still in the 80s. Uh, this one uh, popped into my mind right away when, when you brought up this topic, and I am a huge Michael Jackson fan. Yeah. Always have, always will be. Like, the man's talent is undeniable. He had a lot of great collaborations, mm-hmm. whether it was, like, just musical, where, you know, you had, like, um, uh, who came to play guitar, uh, Slash on, on a couple tracks. Uh, but the one for... I'm picking number three is a Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney mm-hmm. collaboration, and it is... 
Say 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 okay. from 1983, which is on Paul McCartney's album, Pipes of Peace. Uh, the song produced by George Martin, actually, uh, the, who did a lot of the Beatles albums. And uh, it's just, uh, just a, I mean, you have a Beatle and Michael Jackson. Yeah. a song together and you know they do The Girl Is Mine off Thriller which that's a great song too but this song for me I don't know why this one stuck out more it might have been because of the really crazy video that it had do you remember the music video I don't actually so they, they, the music video makes no sense. They're a pair of grifters, Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. And it's like old timey in like the 1930s. And they're selling this elixir. Or it's even older than that. They're selling this elixir and he pretends to be strong. And they're going around city to city like on a, on a stagecoach selling this elixir. And so Paul has Linda with him, right? Obviously, she's like his his partner. Michael goes and they end up at this bar where, where there's a bunch of people playing. He hooks up with the girl. Who's the girl? It's fucking Latoya Jackson. He's hitting on his sister, <laughs> oh Latoya. God. It is the weirdest fucking thing. I was like, who thought this was a good idea? So I'll never wow. forget this. You have to watch this video. It's nuts. Uh, and it's nonsensical. But the song has got great <laughs> melodies. It's a great tune. And oh, again, another, another funny thing. A few years after this is when Michael Jackson bought all the rights to uh, the Beatles songs. Because Paul McCartney gave him the advice when they were hanging out. Like, hey, this is you want you want to make it big in music? Buy music rights. Every time somebody plays a song, they gotta pay you. Nice. And he's, and he's like, that's a great idea, Paul. I gotta buy all the Beatles songs. And he's like, I didn't mean buy all my songs, you idiot. Yeah, I didn't so, mean mine. I didn't say, that's not what I meant, but the, he was smart because wow. that at the time was the most attractive, valuable library of music rights you were going to buy is the Beatles song. Well, I guess I would go to The Girl Is Mine if I'm thinking yeah. McCartney and Jackson, but uh, Say Say Say, you said that was on Paul's album, right? It was on Paul's album, Yeah, yes. interesting, yeah. interesting. That's yeah. a great tune, though. I, I don't remember that creepy-ass video, though. you got to <laughs> check the video out. It's very, it's very strange. Oh, poor LaToya. Yes. Oh, man. All right. So I mentioned country music at the top of my list with Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. So Dolly Parton for me is only rivaled by as far as like a female heroine in country music by Loretta Lynn, Ah. the coal miner's daughter. And in 2004, I feel like one of the best albums in any genre since the year 2000 was released in the last 20 years. And it's an album called Van Leer Rose that was produced by Jack White of the White Stripes, who I also love. Yeah. And they did a duet on that album together called Portland, Oregon. And that's my number three, Loretta Lynn and Jack White. Are you familiar with this song? I am not at all. This is a great tune, man. So Loretta Lynn was 74 years old at the time uh, oh, wow. when the album was recorded. And Van Leer Rose is an homage to, because, you know, she's 
known as the coal miner's daughter. Right. And a very popular film based on her life was produced, I think, in the 80s, I want to say. Sissy, Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek portrayed her, yeah. Well, Van Leer was the town where the coal mines were. Oh, so okay. it's, she's Van Leer Rose. She's the Van Leer Rose. And anyway, uh, so Portland, Oregon is a very simple song. It was written by Jack White. It was produced by Jack White. So it has that. It almost sounds like a White Stripe song featuring a little Red Alain. Which I really like. It's it's that's cool. It's a rocking tune, and it's got a very simple premise. It's about meeting a girl, or well, depending on what point of view you're hearing it from, because it's a duet. But meeting each other at a bar and kind of getting drunk over slow gin fizz, mm. and then going home together. And that's oh. kind of the point of the song. There you go. And it's got that. It's like I said, it really, really sounds like a White Stripe song. And I love Loretta Lynn's kind of just her historical significance in country music. Just is amazing to me. The movie Coal Miner's Dog was one of my favorites in the 80s um, so I just love that kind of historical part of it too and then the sound of the song it's so simple but it's so catchy and so good well Portland Oregon and slow gin fizz if that ain't love then tell me what is uh huh stripes you're gonna love the song so i'm gonna uh, check it out see i like this pick because you turned me on yeah something new yeah and you'll hear a little bit on the episode obviously i'll throw a clip on here but yeah. uh it's a rocking tune man and to think that she was 74 years old and obviously kind of at the tail end of her career or you know well a lot of people thought possibly it was over at the time and she put out this album that's just been revered and regarded as one of the greatest country albums ever she pulled like a johnny cash on it yeah, yeah yeah so but it's called portland oregon it's a great tune and uh, it's my number three man so i know you haven't heard it so you don't probably don't have any commentary on it but yeah uh, we'll, yeah you'll check it out i'm sure so we'll yeah. send it over to you for your runner-up man all right, well, this one is the most recent song on my list. It's not from the 80s. It's from the 90s. The early 90s, 1991's Hunger Strike. Oh, good one. It's some honorable from mentions. Temple, Temple of the Dog, Eddie Vedder, and Chris Cornell. And uh, I don't know if that's the duet or a collaboration. I mean, they're they're both technically in Temple of the Dog. It's a collaboration because it's, 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 members, it's members from Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, right? As far oh, as yeah. like the instruments, yeah, yeah. too, I think. Yeah, no, yeah, I think you're right. And uh, it's from their self-titled album. And this is Eddie Better's first recorded vocal on a record, which I don't think I heard this until I discovered Pearl Jam, and then I stumbled on this song. But man, the pathos and the vulnerability and the self-reflection just in in these vocals that just chill you to the bone, uh, and the, repre- the kind of the droney repetitiveness of it uh, puts you in a trance. Uh, and I, I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan. Um, and to hear his first vocal on record and just paired up beautifully with Chris Cornell's high notes and Eddie Vedder cutting through. I thought Chris Cornell could sing anything, but apparently that's why they put Eddie on here because he was having trouble really? with some of these vocals. Yeah. Wow, wow. Very, Both very distinctive voices, though. Yeah. Um, I, I would probably prefer Cornell if I had to pick, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. but both very distinctive voices. I don't mind stealing bread from the mouths of decadence. 
more range, I guess. The Eddie Vedder just kind of right. does this Eddie Vedder thing. But <laughs> right, sure. Like, sure. Yeah, yeah I, uh, a really cool story about this song is I got to see them play that together live at Lava Palooza. No way. Yeah, it was in, uh, I want to say it was 95 or 96, and they were both on that tour, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. And they just came out. I want to say it was during Soundgarden set because Pearl Jam was much later in the yeah. in the lineup or whatever. And yeah. Soundgarden was playing, you know, a couple hours before Pearl Jam was even supposed to come out. And Eddie Vedder came out and did that song with Soundgarden, which I thought wow. which I thought was cool. Um, so I got to see that song live, which I don't think a lot of people can say that because I don't no. I don't think Temple of the Dog ever did like any touring as, no, as a group. No, yeah, I think that's just the record. So yeah, so that, I have a little, uh, cool little connection to that tune. But that was in my honorable mentions. That's a great song, and you know. I'm a fan of 90s grunge, so yeah. if anything says 90s grunge collaborations, it's Hunger Strike. That's a, Absolutely. That's a good thing, man. All right, brother, so my runner-up is, uh, with the exception of Nirvana, my favorite rock band ever. Uh, personally, my favorite rock band. They're not giant, like, mainstream act, but I love them so much, and they got a gentleman, a lead singer of another band that I love to come along and collaborate on this particular song with them, and as you can see here, it's my second favorite collaboration ever, but the band is the Deftones. Are you familiar with them? I'm a little, yeah, I'm a little bit, yeah, I know the Deftones. Yeah, yeah so they're, you know, they're that hard, kind of like thrasher rock as well. Yeah. Hardcore rock, and they got Maynard from Tool. Oh, no way. To join them to do a song called Passenger, which is on, featured on their White Pony album. And I also got to see this one live, not with Maynard. The Deftones performed it at one of the shows I went to see them at. And it was an outdoor concert. This is probably, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years ago. And it was an outdoor show, and it was towards the end of their set, and it started raining, like pouring down rain. And this oh, was shit. this was the song they were on. And I'm, I'm not sure if you know the song, but it's, it's a very haunting tune to begin with. And just to see them perform that, like, in the dark, in the rain, it, like, was the most perfect setting. Like, if you were going to shoot a video for that song, that's what it would have been, it. you know? Wow. And they had to stop the set after that because of the rain and the weather yeah. and safety or whatever. So that's how the concert ended was on that tune, Passenger. But the song is great, man, because... You know, Maynard's vocals and his voice is so distinctive and so raspy and so unique. And what this song does is it's a slow build. You know when you hear people with horror movies and stuff and you you hear people say it's a slow burn yeah. getting to like the climax? That's yeah. what this song's like. So Chino's the lead singer for the Deftones, and the song is like very kind of chill, which is not a Deftones song to begin with. Yeah. So it's kind of a slower tune and for the first two thirds or first third of the song. And Chino's kind of whispering the verses. And then what'll happen is Maynard will come in, which is this really strong chorus. And it's like what you would expect to hear like in a Tool song, you know? And he'll come in and then the second verse, it goes, it dies down again. And Chino's kind of like giving you the whispering tones. And then, and it's like, the song just gets on a heightened level whenever Maynard shows up. Yeah. And he just really just belts out this like plea.
about the dark passenger within too, uh, which fits you know his <laughs> motif yes. Uh, yes. perfectly. So uh, I know that you may not know this one very intimately either. So I I highly recommend that you check out Passenger by the Deftones featuring Maynard from Tool. But that's my I runner up. I don't know that song uh, in particular, but I love Tool. I saw them a few years ago, like kind of recently, in the last five years, and I'd never seen them live. And man, live they just put you in a trance, and it's mm-hmm. amazing how Maynard just stands in the dark spot in the back of the stage <laughs> the whole time like i know you didn't see him and i was like what kind of front rock guy of a rock band doesn't want to be seen it's amazing but it was it was it was an amazing uh concert yeah. live they're yeah. really good yeah he's he's a he's a creepy dude man but he's a genius he he's a genius yes. you know and a musical genius i mean they just put out their most recent album what was it like 10 years in between albums or something like that right right and uh it's they're still just kicking ass man and uh just so creative and yeah as a musical outlet is just amazing so to get my favorite group the deftones to bring in this iconic group that was around when i was really getting into music you know and the grunge movement if you will in the early 90s to get them to come together on white pony for the song passenger was just amazing to me so uh, it's one of my favorites only only beaten out by one song which i'll be talking about here in a moment but before we do that imran it's up to you for your number one song collaboration man well, it was inevitable. The song we were referring to earlier, the song that shall not be named, I'm going to name it because I'm putting it at number one, and it is Walk This Way from 1986, Red DMC and Aerosmith. And I was 12 years old when this shit came out. This was so fucking big. It was everywhere. It was the song that got me into Run DMC. It was it was on uh, their album Raising Hell. Who didn't have a cassette tape of Raising Hell back in '86? I definitely did. I wore that shit out, you know. And it kind of brought back Aerosmith's career. Yeah. Uh, in the '80s, and uh, they went skyrocketing. Uh, and so we did say you can argue this song. Sync kind of creates the rap rock genre, and you get your Limp Biscuit and you get everything else that comes after. Sure. But 1984, two years early, Run DMC put out a song called Rock Box. Yeah. Where, that had a, a hard rock uh, riff in it, and that was really the first time anybody heard that shit. It just wasn't as big as a hit, as a crossover hit, as Walk This Way. So both of those together, I mean, Run DMC can be credited for a lot yeah. at this point. Well, they're just pioneers, man. I mean, I'm not gonna yeah. take it. Th- I'm not gonna take away anything from Aerosmith because this is their song off of Toys in the Attic. And you know, I did not know that for so many years. I was like, I, and then when I found out, I was like, holy shit, I can't believe it's an Aerosmith song from 1975. Right. They, and But the thing is, like you said before, your story about who asked who, the story behind this, from what I understand, is Run uh, loved that song from the 70s and would like freestyle over the beat and they were big Aerosmith fans mm-hmm. and they went to Aerosmith and they're like, you guys want to do this? And Aerosmith's like, hey, we're fucking sucking right now. Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> and then just the great video and the age of MTV blowing up all at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. 
Right. Adidas with no shoelaces. Come on. I mean, it was too good, man. Just iconic imagery in, in music, music history from that from that video and from that song and that era. But I mean, you know, what, what I was going to say, I don't want to take anything away from Aerosmith because this was their tune. But yeah. I mean, Run DMC, they just they knew something was missing. They knew there was something that could still be tapped into. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and when yeah. Walk This Way came out, it was just a revolutionary thing that we look back on and we kind of take for granted now in 2020. But I mean, you got to realize in 85, that shit wasn't, a, those, <laughs> that wasn't around. Nobody, you know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody would have thought these two groups would, and in fact, I know a lot of the members of Aerosmith were like, when they when we asked them, you want to do a rap song? They were like, what's rap? <laughs> right. Uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, Steven Tyler was a fan, but I don't think anybody else knew what rap music was. So right, yeah. I mean, I you know I love the Beastie Boys' "License to Ill," and you got to yeah. you got to hear a little bit on that album too, where you could see the rock influences because they would sample like Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. Yeah. So you knew, and then like what you were just saying about Run being a big fan too. I mean, you know those guys were influenced by because rap was a new thing, right? Yep. I mean, it was yep. it was new, so. They obviously weren't, or there wasn't enough time for them to be influenced by other rap necessarily yet. I mean, maybe the Sugar Hill Gang and stuff like that. That was it was largely like local street, you know, territorial stuff. But then overnight, you got the news talking about rap music. It's mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. Like it blows up so big, and I vividly remember how much fun that was uh, when this came out. Yeah, no, you're right, man. I mean, that's that's an iconic one. You know, I, like I said, I decided to go with the one that I just prefer to listen to more often. Sure, but. This is the most important one. You're right. It and, changed and a it, lot. And it, yeah. and it belongs on, on this countdown, so I'm so glad you mentioned it. So Walk This Way, Run DMC, Aerosmith is your number one. So my number one uh, is one of my favorite solo artists of all time and one of my favorite rock groups of all time. Oh, wow. And they came together in 1981 and released a song called Under Pressure. Oh, shit. This and, is it, and it's Queen with David Bowie is the collaboration. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... I mean, I just love Queen, man, and uh, yeah. Dave. You know, I almost named my new son Bowie because I. That was, oh wow, that would be great. That's a great. That's a great name. My wife didn't go for it, obviously. No. <laughs> His name's Luke, but uh, next one, maybe the next yeah, one. maybe the next one. No, don't, don't say that, Imran. Don't wish. <laughs> Take that back. Take that back. Uh, yeah, under pressure, man. I mean, just that beat, you know. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, just. I mean, obviously, Vanilla Ice knew, right? <laughs> he, well, yeah, no, but his is different. Have you ever seen that clip? Where he's I've like, seen it. Where he's like, that... do 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 do. Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen. And then he's like, mine goes do 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 do. I was like, you're an idiot, fucking Ben Winkle, Robert. Yeah, I've seen, I saw that, man. That's fun. So that's hilarious. Funny. But I mean, the beat is just so infectious. Streets. 
song, you have these iconic voices in Freddie Mercury and David Bowie, man. Yeah, I mean, come amazing. on, dude. Like, yeah. these two guys on the same track. Uh, I mean, how could it not be my number one? And the song is endured. I mean, it came out in 81. You can listen to it now in 2020, and it sounds like it was it was just released. And like, I mean, I think bo- both of those uh, artists, their music is timeless. Like, you, Queen still rocks today. That David Bowie song still mm-hmm. rocks today. And this song is still rocks today. Yeah, absolutely. It's a legit collaboration. One of the top ten. I love it, man. And I've mentioned on the show before, but there's this really cheesy rom-com movie that came out like ten years ago called The Girl Next Door. Oh, and was uh, that with Eli- Elisha? Yeah, Alicia, oh, Alicia Cuthbert. Yeah. yeah, Timothy Olyphant. Yeah. Yeah, but that's but I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. But this song is featured in that movie, and that was like a resurgence for me for this song because I hadn't ah, heard yeah. it in a long time. Yeah. And then when that came out like ten years ago, and I heard that song again, I was like, God damn, I love this song. And I immediately started putting it on every playlist I made for the last 10 years. Uh, but yeah, Under Pressure, man, is my number one, Queen and David Bowie. So. I wonder if kids listen to this and are like, they ripped off Vanilla Ice. What is this oh, bullshit? God, I hope not. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, well, we flew through it there. But guys, that was our five favorite music collaborations. Emron, do me a favor, man. Just wrap up your top five again and remind everyone what they were. Number five, Easy Lover from 1984, Phil Collins and Philip Bailey. Number four, Buddy by De La Soul featuring Jungle Brothers, Tribe Called Quest, Modi Love, Queen Latifah from 1989. Number three, I had Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney, Say, Say, Say from 1983. At number two, Eddie Vedder, Chris Cornell, Hunger Strike from 91. And, of course, Walk This Way, Aerosmith, Run DMC, 1986. Classic. Great list, man. And my number five was Islands in the Stream by Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. Number four was Bring the Noise by Public Enemy and Anthrax. Number three was Portland, Oregon by Loretta Lynn and Mr. Jack White. My number two was Passenger featuring Tool and the Deftones. And my number one was Under Pressure, David Bowie and Queen. It's my favorite music collaboration. Those are ten amazing songs. No yeah. crossover. No crossover. I kinda lo- this is gonna be a great playlist on the Spotify. No crossover, man. Which I do have a couple of my honorable mentions that you mentioned, however. But I'll I let I'll let you give yours first. You know, I limit myself, so I have five here. I'm just gonna round out my top ten. But what do you have okay. for your honorables, man? Well, I, I had Queen and David Bowie. That was in the list for a long time, and it got moved around. This list was crazy. I had Bring the Noise. That was my honorable mention. But I have a pair, a couple of interesting uh, collaborations. Uh, Hip hop and a rock one so i don't know if you're aware of these songs in 1989 there was uh, the east coast rappers had a stop the violence movement and Mm -hmm. they put out the song Mm self-destruction this was a collaboration uh, with boogie down productions you had karis one d nice miss melody all of stetsasonic cool modi mc light dougie fresh just ice heavy d and public enemy on this track wow it's an amazing track talking about inner city violence and gun violence right and then to pair that a year later West Coast rappers got together. They put out a song called We're All in the Same Gang. Kind of the same idea. Uh-huh. This one featured heavy hitters, Tone Loke, Ice-T, all of NWA, <laughs> wow. Young MC, Digital Underground, MC Hammer, and there was more on this We're sounds, All in the Same Gang. Yeah, this sounds somewhat familiar, but I definitely can't place it in my head. But it does I, sound familiar to me. When I was researching, I got to Buddy, and then that led me into a rabbit hole. And oh, I yeah. fucking stumbled. I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot about self-destruction. These, it's, we're all in the same gang. We're amazing. Like just and there's no swearing in any of the songs. Mm-hmm. The sad thing is, you listen to the words now; they relate a hundred percent. Like nothing changed. Mm-hmm. The things they were trying to change, the problems are still here. And you're like, "Fuck, this song still is relevant I today." I know it's crazy, man. I know. 
I, I was just thinking it's, about that earlier when I was listening you know, to uh, I was listening to Nas and Lauren Hill, which is another one that I considered. Yeah. If I rule the world, and it's literally yeah. it's literally a song about like police brutality and yeah. you know African American oppression, and and I'm just like this was in the 90s, and here we are. You know, it's just crazy, man. This is late 80s, 90s. Nothing has changed. And then the other kind of pair I loved that I discovered uh, of collaborations was uh, 1968 Beatles featuring Eric Clapton. They do yeah, my guitar while I gently weeps. Mm-hmm. You got Clapton, and then a year later. George Harrison goes and with Cream and they record Badge in 1969 and I fucking love Badge and mm-hmm. I never knew George was on that with Cream so that's I like that that pairing of collaboration too. Nice. Well, I'll just round up my top ten. You mentioned a couple of them already. So my number six was where I put Walk This Way. My number seven would have been a song called Stop Dragging My Heart Around. Ah, oh, it's great by yes. Tom Petty and Stevie Nicks. Two yeah. two voices that you hear them and you just immediately know who it is. Uh, yeah. There's so few artists where they're you, they can't hide their voice. <laughs> and Tom Petty yeah. and Stevie Nicks are two of those. And uh, I, I love Stevie Nicks, man. That's, so yeah, the, no, that's a great song. Uh, California Love, Tupac and Dr. Dre. That's a good one. Uh, especially the remix that uh, was more popular than the one that was released on All Eyes on Me. And my number nine would have been Hunger Strike, which you mentioned. And then yeah. my number 10 would have been a bit of a super group, but it's uh, a group in the 90s called, or I'm sorry, in the late 80s called The Traveling Wilburys. Yes. And they did a song called Handle with Care, and that would be my pick. So that was Roy Orbison, Tom Petty, Bob Dylan. Uh, who else was in there? Uh, uh, it was like fucking everybody. Was that, that was yeah? No, that was the Traveling Wilburys were great, and that wasn't even their. They had what was their big hit? I used to love that. Um, I can't remember the name of that song, but everybody, yeah, George Harrison, Jeff George Lynn, Harrison, Tom Petty, Jeff Bob Lynn. Dylan, Roy Orbison, Roy Orbison. Fuck, dude, yeah, how, how do you I put mean, these people together? That's crazy, right? Yeah. And uh, that song was George Harrison did the verses, and then Roy Orbison and Tom Petty would come in and do the chorus. And uh, Bob Dylan had a verse in that song too, "Handle with Care." That's a great little kind of like Southern rock, kind of like peppy kind of love number, you know. Oh, end of the line was the one. I end was of the line, I yeah, yeah, line. you're right. Song. End of the line was a great song too. Absolutely. All right, man. So that was our honorable mentions and our top fives for music collaborations. So what I like to do at the end of the episodes, Imran, is just head over to social media and see what the fans had to say. See if there's yeah, what do they got? See if there's any over there. So the suggestion box. We'll start over on Twitter. The Contrarians. My buddy Julio says, "Walk this way." Of course, Aerosmith and Run DMC. Doug from Good Times, Great Movies says, "Sublime" and Gwen Stefani. Oh, I don't know that one. I don't either. Uh, I think he's saying the name is Saw Red, but I don't know that song. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a good. That's, that's kind of an interesting too, pairing, though. Yeah, I would check that out. Saw Red, yeah. Word Salad Radio says NSYNC and Nelly's Girlfriend. That was a bop. That, that song slapped in the early two. Yeah. I want to say that was maybe 2000, 2001. That was, a, that was a good tune. Let's see. Okay, so Brad from the Cinema Guys mentioned the one that I mentioned, the Deftones with Maynard, Passenger. And then he also says he likes the collaboration of Them Crooked Vultures. Okay. Which was Dave Grohl, John Paul Jones, and Josh oh, Holmes. Oh, yeah. Yep. I forgot about them. Yeah. yeah, that's a good rocking tune. That was kind of a little bit of a super group, too, there. Uh, you might know this one because I know you're a 90s rap guy, but Home Video Hustle over on Twitter says Scarface with Ice Cube. Oh. Doing a song called Hand of the Dead Body. You know that tune? Uh, You know what? I don't know if I know that tune. <laughs> that's but a I'm deep gonna, cut. I'm going to look that one up. Hand of the Dead Body. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a good one. That's a deep cut, man. And we'll wrap up, Imran, over on the Facebook fan page. Guys, if you have not joined up yet, please check the show notes and join up to our Facebook fan community, as that is where I interact with our fans the most. Let's see. A lot of shout outs for Walk This Way, so not mistaken there. Brian yeah. from Take Two also says that. Jared Taylor says Public Enemy and Anthrax, so he's got my back on that one. Brandon Cruz 
Blues. You know Brandon. He says oh, yeah. he says Temple of the Dog, but he also mentioned Devo and Neil Young. Whoa. <laughs> what? What? Is what? That, what? What? <laughs> is that a thing? I don't know that one. Was that on SNL? No, it's called Human Highway from 1982. Huh? Oh, wow, I didn't know about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like I love Neil Young when he uh, with the Pearl Jam when they were yeah he, he rocking in the free world. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know he did it with Devo. So I didn't either. Uh, <laughs> Brandon said there's too many to count. He also mentioned Rick Ocasek and Weezer. Oh. And then he's got Jeff Lynne and Tom Petty, which were both in the Traveling Wilburys. Yeah. But I yeah. wonder if I wonder if they did a duo album. They may have. Uh, so a lot. So the the two that were the most mentioned for sure were Walk This Way and Under Pressure, which were our two number ones. So I guess we yeah. I guess we did okay there. Right on the money. <laughs> but Chris Brayton and Joey Mills both said Under Pressure. Uh, Joey also mentioned Stop Dragging My Heart Around, which was in my honorable mentions. And then he said Lita Ford and Ozzy doing Close My Eyes Forever. Oh, I you remember that? That was a power yeah. ballad. That was a power ballad. And uh, Ozzy just kind of sounded like he was just fucking barely awake Dying. during it. Yeah. <laughs> during, during it. Like, yeah. But I guess that could be said during his the majority of his career. Yes. Uh, Tony Vanden Bush over on the Facebook page says Stevie Nicks and Don Henley, Leather, oh. and, leather and Lace. Oh, I think I know. I, I know that tune. That. Yeah, yeah, I know that tune. Yeah. Chris Yaney's got Love the Way You Lie with Eminem and Rihanna. That's a, so that's Eminem, a good one. and there's so many Eminem songs I wanted to put on there. That is a great one. I love the C- Guts Over Fear with Sia. Uh, Stan with Dido. Mm-hmm, I mean, you could go mm-hmm. on and on with Eminem. And what's the other one with Rihanna? Because he did Love the Way You Lie, and then he did um, another one with her that was really, really good, too. Um, About the monster. The monster. Oh, monster. Yeah, yeah. The monster, yeah. So That's a great song. I love Rihanna just can sing the hooks, man. Yeah, you know, she can yeah. sing those hooks. And then obviously Eminem's top top tier rapper too. Uh Chris Yaney's got that one. Then he's also says uh, Bing Crosby and David Bowie's Little Drummer Boy. Oh, that's a great Christmas song. Yeah. I do enjoy that every every once a year around Christmas. Yeah, and then he also says Lady Marmalade, which was Christina Aguilera oh, yeah. and Friends. She had Little yeah. Kim on that. Yeah. She had Pink on that with her. That's a good collaboration. Um, he says, Chris Andy says, one of the worst is Tony Bennett and Miss Piggy. Oh, what? <laughs> Thanksgiving Day Parade. I'm like, what? Uh, but yeah, okay. Uh, let's see. Michael Hill's got Jay-Z and Linkin Park. We didn't mention in that one i feel like that's one that dates itself like it was really really good when it was was happening yeah and i still enjoy listening to it but i just don't know that it stand it stood the test of time do you do you know that collaboration that jay-z did with lincoln park uh i briefly i like jay-z and alicia keys empire state of I mind do too. i'll do that collaboration over that one. i do too well the jay-z and lincoln park one was cool because what they did on that they did a whole album together and what they did oh. what they did is they merged so they would pick a Linkin Park song and they would pick a Jay Z song and they would they would marry them together in, in on the same track. So like the oh, fir- wow. so like the first half of the song would be Linkin Park like backed by hip hop and then and then it would kind of flow into Jay Z backed by rock. Do, oh wow, do, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it was, yeah. it was a real it was a cool it's a good album. I don't want that to be taken the wrong way. I just feel like. It was like the shit when it came out. Yeah, I'm and now it's like so many people have done so many things that it's not as great as it was when I it see. originally came out. Uh, he also said Islands in the Stream, and then he yeah. mentioned he mentioned Pentatonix and Lindsey Sterling's Radioactive, which I don't oh. know. I don't know. Lindsey Sterling, isn't she the violinist? She is. is. Violinist? She right? is. Yeah. And Radioactive, I believe, is a cover of the... Uh, Imagine Dragons. Right, 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 right. So Amanda's going to like that I put Jack White on my list because here's what she's got. Amanda Inman says, The Dead Weather, Hang You from the Heavens, uh, The Raconteurs, Many Shades of Black, and Steady as She Goes, oh, that's good. and then The Broken Bells, uh, two songs called The High Road and The Ghost Inside. So the, Oh, I love Broken Bells. Who was in that? Uh, I believe it was Jack White, I think. Oh, 
I but yeah, Broken Bells would happen. Okay, I remember them. They were uh, that was a great album. But I know the Dead Weather and the Rackin' Tours were Jack White for sure. And she was, she put on here, can you tell that I like Jack White? <laughs> <laughs> and we'll wrap up with Phil Rude. He says the traveling Wilburys, which we mentioned. He says Derek and the Dominoes because of Clapton and Allman. And oh, then yeah. and then he says U two and Mary J. Blige's version of one. Oh wow, I've never heard that. I gotta check that one out. Mary J. Blige on one with, with them, huh? With you two, wow. yeah. I ha- I've heard it, but I haven't heard it in a long, long time. She's a powerful singer though, so I bet it's She's I great. bet it's pretty good. Yeah. All right, Emron. There you go, man. All right, thank you so much for doing it, brother. You know, you always come on for the music ones and it's always a blast. I'm gonna throw this playlist together. I'm I'm gonna include ones that the fans mentioned. I'm gonna include our honorables. It's gonna be a great not a lot of crossover, honestly. Yeah. So it's gonna be a great playlist. So Emron's from Jock and Nerd guys uh he'll be back here on the peas but why don't you tell them where they can find you over there brother uh man thanks i love i love coming on the peas always a good time visit jockandnerd.com to listen to my podcast jock and nerd podcast where i played the nerd there's a jock and there's a puppet and uh you know we, we we love reviewing movies and tv series there's a review of something every episode there's entertainment news there's interaction with our listeners uh so it's just a fun breezy geeky nerdy time you can find at jockandnerd.com yeah man it's in my rotation i just listened to the one recently i think i'm a few weeks behind but you guys did the 19 1999 review oh yeah we did three three episodes of 1999 movies because that was the amazing year it really was it really was yeah i was listening i'm like holy shit yeah wow it was stacked but yeah you guys got a great show over there man so and it's always a blast when you come on here too i appreciate it you're a great friend of the show and i hope you come back soon man Thanks so much, man. Had a great time as always. Absolutely. And thank you guys so much for listening. You can find Emron's information in the show notes as well as all of our stuff, of course. And we will be back next week with another countdown and another pee on the pod. Take care. Talk to you soon. To lean on, put your body next to mine and dream on. I Thank you for listening. Two Peas is an independent podcast. We rely on donations from our executive producers in order to release new content weekly. Please check the show notes for a current list of all of our executive producers. If you would like to join them to help us continue to release great content, please visit Two Peas on a Pod at patreon.com or check out the show notes for this episode. Again, we sincerely thank you for listening.